Shut up and sit down. Everybody and welcome to Nerd Splaining Podcast. I'm your host Eric De Silva. With me, as always, is my co-host Jose Romero. How you doing, brother? Very exciting day today. Oh man, we have a special guest, don't we? I know we have a special guest, and usually the special guest episodes, I don't want to like sort of like diminish when it's just you and me. But the special guest episodes tend to be the best episodes, if nothing else, just because we get to uh, make fun of a third person instead of just ourselves. So that's always a good thing. There uh, you go. I'm but they they, they, t- they tend they tend to have better accomplishments than we do, so it's kind of hard. But I appreciate <laughs> a very funny, uh, talented man. Uh, you may have seen him on stand up. Uh, you've definitely seen him on some of your favorite TV shows. Not regarding his new accomplishment, he'll be starring in the new Disney Plus uh, series Loki, which airs on June. Ninth, if I'm not mistaken, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for John Levine. John, yes, there we go. There we go. See, oh, <laughs> you left us already, guys. Yeah. There, there was a there was a weird pause, and I'll be editing that, so you won't hear any of this. It'll be straight to John going. There we go. So fantastic. <laughs> thank you, John Levine. I, I, thank you for showing out that we are not as professional as we try to be. So thank you. It's, for, it's my pleasure. Well, first of all, you didn't tell me I was gonna, I was going to get made fun of, but that's cool. No, you're not getting made fun of. I'm joking. Obviously, we'll make fun of ourselves. You're there's, listen. There's not enough time. There's only so much Eric can make fun of that takes about. I know. Right? Listen, I'll I'll take the bulk of the blast. And honestly, like I said, everyone everyone here is clearly better doing better than me and Jose. So there's nothing we can really say than anything else. So, but thank you for much having the show. You're I, you're you're killing the game. So, guys, this is going to be a very fun episode. We want to get to John right away. So let's go plow through these nerdy news nuggets of the week. Jose, hit us with the nerdy news nuggets. Uh, here we go. First, I do want to say, because we are recording Memorial Day. So yes. everyone had a good Memorial Day. Thank for all those who you know serve our country. Absolutely. Freedoms, etc. And I got to say, before I get started, Eric, you know, I know COVID's kind of in the backswing here. It's going away. Once getting vaccinated, it's great. And things now, for me, things are truly back to normal, just about. Okay. I got a chance to go to a theater today for the first time. You did. In a while. And since in September, I think, the last time I went. Right. Got to see A Quiet Place too. Very oh. Film, by the way. So All right. Was, yeah. mm-hmm. And even more importantly, the screenings have started up again. So I already got my passes. They're starting up here in Miami. And nice. And my first pass for The Conjuring 2, which is on Wednesday. Nice. So get to see that is, that the, is that the Conjuring the Devil Made conjuring Me Do It? Conjuring 3, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah right. yes, the Devil Made still. Me Do It. Yes, yeah. yes. We'll have an exclusive pre-national release review. of Jose is our movie man. So he gets all the exclusive screenings and everything else. So we always kind of get a jump on things. So that's going to be very exciting. So quick recap on The Quiet Place 2. Uh, was it as good as the first one? And would you recommend people to watch it? Definitely go watch it. Um, it's really good. Nice. I want to say, everyone asks, as good as the first. It's not a fair question. Okay. Because this, I mean, the first one introduced this world as unique. The presentation was unique. So it was something special. This movie doesn't have that to introduce. Right, because you already know what's co- what exactly. the, the world. The right. premise, a great original premise. Just, but this one really builds off that and kind of gives us... The first five minutes are great. They're actually, you know, like the previews, this is not a spoiler, but it shows you what happens on day one. Right. When the invasion kicks in, that was really well done. Um, we're back focusing on the family again. Really good stories there. I don't want to spoil. I don't, I'm not gonna say because this might be a spoiler, but absolute must watch if you like the first one. I think it's maybe just a shade less of a movie than the first one was. John, did you watch the first uh, Quiet Place? I, I did see the first one and I enjoyed it. Thought it was great. Yeah, you know, it was. It, I was really surprised uh, how much just a simple like framing device of like the monsters can hear you. 
kind of like thing that adds so much more attention to like just the day in day out of like trying to survive like not even like you know you think when you gotta be quiet for monsters it's usually zombies that's the context right. of it so like weird alien monsters that are super high audio receptors and they can just pick up any kind of noise just murdering on a rampage it really does add attention to it so I, I, I was surprised how much i liked the first quiet place and you know i was scared when they did the second one because you know you don't know if it's like a real good idea of an extension of the first one or if it's just a cash grab because i'm glad according to sure, jose it's not a cash grab at all. not a cash grab yeah, yeah, it's super yeah. exciting even though i gotta tell you john we you, you gotta take jose's review with a little bit of grain of salt because jose in our last episode gave us a detailed and very positive review of army of the dead and i only watched half the mm. movie and now i watched the full movie and i can officially say jose's full of shit that movie's not good <laughs> in any sort of way it, fun, dude. it is fuck you, fun it is nonsensical it is it is the it is like adhd on cocaine that's all it is it's just there's there's no there's no continuity even within their own movie this, this, things this just happen was as bad as mortal Kombat and godzilla but they had better human characters no i say godzilla to my to to this day, King King Kong versus Godzilla, the best stupid movie of the year. Everything else has fallen short. There's been no comparison to anything. And I, I'm really disappointed. I was hoping for a good stupid movie. And the first half was good. It's the second half. Like... Like say what you will about any point where you're like you know you like you said Jose they introduced the idea of cyborg zombies they introduced the idea of time loops but then the part that made me just want to throw something at the TV was when I saw a zombie riding a horse outpace a helicopter that's why I would fuck this <laughs> none of this makes any goddamn sense like not even a little logic not even a little bit it's all garbage so in that... well, wait well wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute was what? there a zombie pilot of the helicopter no. Only way that could have made sense is the helicopter right. being piloted by a zombie and the horse beat the helicopter pilot because the horse is zombie. But then again, how does the guy riding the horse who's a zombie know how to ride a fast in a helicopter? Still, none of it makes sense. It's all garbage. And I'm very upset that you told me it's good enough to watch the whole way through. And I did. And I've been angry at you for at least five days. So I just want to let you know. <laughs> Clear, clearly, yeah. I've been very angry. Oh, that. man. I've been holding it inside. Like, I, me and Jose made a deal when we started doing this podcast. I can't call him earlier than the podcast to complain about anything save it for the recording and i'm saving it because jesus christ man you you should have told me listen watch the other half like but clear out like two bong hits about half a six pack and then punch yourself in the face that would have put me watching a movie sober to begin with you know what you're right that's on me i take it back it's all on me it's all me my fault i screwed everything up you know that's how i watch mortal Kombat. that's how i watch congress that's how i watch thunder force i was in a mental state ready to go through that kind of movie and i wasn't for this one i apologize i take it all back it's all my fault it's all my fault Holy should have been a lawyer because he knows how to jujitsu out of every argument. <laughs> he finds that one angle and gets right out of it. So, right. touche, Jose. Touche. So, now that we got all that nonsense out of the way, Jose, let's get those nerdy news nuggets. <laughs> yeah, let's stick, let's stick with the, the, the sequel uh, news story here, the nerdy nuggets. This first one is an interesting one because I want to kind of bounce around you guys. All right. So, not a huge story, but they were talking about, uh, of course, one of the brothers was talking about Joker 2 and how, mm. you know, they want to move forward with it. Duh, to Ben Dalamui. Why wouldn't you want to move forward sure. with it? Obviously. And, you know, there's nothing said there. You know, Joaquin Phoenix hasn't signed. Uh, it's just, you know, in talks. But it was said that Todd Phillips, who directed and wrote the first one, Good. was going to write or co-write 
potentially the second one. Interesting. All right, good. Um, good. That being said, it's kind of curious because I think just people took the story and then they thought, oh, it's coming out. That's not what this story is, right? It's just okay. the beginnings, development. Like what sure. I said, but development it means nothing. Yeah, it's just right. word around the campfire is basically right. Yeah, it right, could, right. It could come to fruition, maybe not. Odds are it is because that was a huge success for him. So, sure. That being said, I'll ask you guys this. And we'll start with John. Uh, John, did you see the first Joker, by the way? I did. I did. did you enjoy it? Not particularly, to be honest. Wow. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What, what was it? Thing. What was it about it that, that turned yeah. you off? So what? What kind of turned me on? Like it really um, from the from the very beginning to me, it was such a ripoff of Martin Scorsese and his films, uh, specifically um, The King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. It was like basically a, a combination of those two films, sure. even right. to the point of like different different cinematography elements and sure. things like that, the way it was shot. Um, and I really just couldn't get over that, I guess. And like halfway through the film, I was like, okay, just like, just watch the movie. And, and I just didn't, I mean, it was, it was fine. Like it was, it was, a, if it wasn't so, I guess maybe if it wasn't so hyped up before I went and saw it, I, I might've enjoyed it more, but I just, everyone was like, oh, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen and was ever put on screen. And I'm like, ah, I, don't know about I mean, I like, yeah. I like, I, <laughs> I, I liked Joaquin Phoenix in that role. I thought he was. I thought he was good. You know, but I, again, it wasn't. It wasn't the end all be all to me. Of like... No, it definitely wasn't end all be all. And I will say, I, I thought they were kind of upfront about it, where they literally said, "We are playing huge homages to like Taxi Driver and King of Comedy because they was, want." But, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say an homage is one thing. You know what I mean? Like, but you like, felt this was too much. They I mean, were leaning was, too hard. It was, it was leaning way too. It was like, you know, an homage is, is, is uh, you know, Tarantino does a lot of homage to, right. to you know, it, but, but you wouldn't, you don't, you don't watch a Tarantino film and, and be like, and, and say, oh, this is a shot for shot remake of Kurosawa. Right. And that's kind of what I felt like. It was just so, it was way too similar to, to even call it homage, that, you know? So you felt it was like straight up parody, like like this. Hey guys, look what we're doing. Not necessarily, not necessarily parody. <laughs> it was just it was it was almost lazy to me, and it was and it, and it really kind of was was like people were seeing that me like, oh my god, this is so amazing, and the way it was shot, and the way this was like, yeah, well that's because you've never seen a Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like you like you could have seen this thirty years ago if like, if you were paying attention. Short of the um, Irishman, you've never seen a Martin Scorsese film, <laughs> right? Right. Which I which I thought the Irishman was good, but again, like, for yeah. Example, three hours or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, good, but way too long. I mean, yeah, way too long. If you're going to make a three-hour movie, you have to do time travel or a dragon. That's the only way it's going to work out. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I watched that Zack Snyder uh, uh, cut of Justice League. Hey, time and, travel. And was, the last 10 was, minutes, yeah. last 10 minutes time travel, like, I still stand by my word. You make a three-hour movie, sure, no, you're right. you got time travel, you got a dragon. Everything else, it doesn't work. That's just the rules. That's a good point. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. But yes, so, so your question, did I see Joker? I did. Did I love it? No. So what's your question about Joker 2? Should, yeah, they, should they make it? Well, yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, what kind of approach would you like to see them take if they are going to actually do a Joker 2? Well, I mean, what's what are what's another Martin Scorsese film they could rip off? Casino? <laughs> I mean, just, just, well, just Joker, like a, just Joker a going Island a kind of thing? Yeah. Shutter <laughs> Island, he's in Ar Arkham Asylum. It's kind of you could do a three-hour <laughs> movie called The Funny Man instead of The Irishman. It's, <laughs> right. it's, 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 it's called uh, it's called the the good the good the good guys instead of good fellas, and they just it's it's him and Penguin and the Riddler and they uh, they're mob. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Joker and Vegas, look Casino action, perhaps. Right. I mean. I'm sure they they are going to do it just because again it's it's a money industry yeah. um, and yeah, and they're they're not going to yeah. yeah it's business yeah. and you know if they came up with a fairly original story then sure yeah I think it would be interesting to do I just I just don't know where you would go with the story that they told other than other than getting into the Batman universe 
where he becomes the arch nemesis of Batman. You know what I mean? Like I will say and, and, that not, not to cut you off, but I feel like you're right. And I feel like why I like the Joker so much is I, I was very much uh, on the fence on, on this movie for a couple of reasons. And one of them was I was afraid they were going to give the, the, the quote unquote, the definitive take on the Joker origin. And I feel like Joker works best when he doesn't have an origin. So sure. when the, when the movie kind of like starts to unravel and you start realizing, Oh wow, this is an origin. This is essentially like that line from the killing joke where the Joker says, I just make up my, my, my reality every day. I, I'm, a, I'm an yeah. unreliable narrator. I like that. All that was just complete bullshit. It was just the thing he was thinking about while trying to think out how I'm going to kill this therapist. And that's essentially what, what that whole movie comes down to. So because he's always remaking his realities and everything, I don't know if you heard, but uh, DC has announced that they're going to start doing a, a Batgirl movie that's going to be released exclusively on HBO Max. And I think an interesting way to kind of like, kind of put a little shine on Batgirl without ever having to have Batgirl commit to one of the best worst storylines for her is Joker 2 is a riff on the killing joke, where... He decides that if he became the Joker because he had one really bad day, he's going to try to break Commissioner Gordon because he's trying to give him the worst bad day ever. And it's sort of like a complete, almost David Finchian breakdown of like one dude trying to break another guy in 24 hours. I would like to see something like that and, and, and really lean into the David Fincher of it all because if, if he, they leaned in so hard with Scorsese for the first one, I'd almost like it where they kind of take crime drama to another director that's so infamous with like stylized crime and I think David Fincher is such a strong, such a strong director that if they leaned in to the to the aesthetic of that to tell that story, I feel like that would be a fun way to go. That, that's my two cents. I don't disagree with that statement. I, I just also think that, hey, how about you just make your own fucking movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're you're your own person. Like you know, you don't have to. You know, don't watch other movies and be like, um, that's what I'm going to do. You know, just you know, come up with come up come up with something unique. And and they and listen, I think that's a, an awesome idea. I would love to see something like that. I think that would be super cool. I don't know if they'd ever go that route. Well, um, well, you but, know, because I feel like, you know, much like we talked about how the Batgirl, whenever you bring a Batgirl, that storyline is the infamous, like, how do you tell sure. that story? And I feel like if you do it from the Joker's POV, instead of making Batgirl the victim through the whole movie, your own movie, you make it as like, this is an out, you, you really establishes or sort of like, this is a take on that, where you could make it Batgirl, you could just make it Barbara Gordon. And you can make sure. it and, and have that sort of like breakdown on that storyline, whatever having to subject quote-unquote background to in her own movie series to that storyline but you put it out in ether so you sort of take that off the table instead of people going what are they going to do that they did it it's called joker 2 and you make it as right. stylized as possible so this way you kind of give you free a background to tell whatever story she wants but now you get to do that infamous joker story in a way where it connects to the fact that he made up all of joker one and shows the progression of like if he doesn't kill somebody, he now he wants to make a point, which is like, I could just break somebody and it's almost worse than killing him. And I feel like that would yeah. be the next logical conclusion. I think it's good. I think it's a good idea. Me, I like let, it. Let's see if this actually, I mean, it will. Let, let's, let's not kid ourselves, but let's see who's involved and all that. Me personally, I like the first one. I'd rather just leave it I like it too. I, th I thought it was just a good one-off. Yeah. I, I would, so I would have preferred I, I, it a one-off. Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't want to see another Joker. Not that it wasn't good. Just, okay. Do something else, right? That was a creative idea. Whatever, for whatever it was, move forward. But again money talks. what Let's if what if you do a movie where jay uh jared leto is another joker and joaquin oh, phoenix God. hears about the second joke he goes someone's hacking me holy <laughs> crap and then the joker 
the Joaquin Phoenix's Joker becomes John Levine going, you're stealing this. None of this is yours. <laughs> so it's a meta commentary on the first movie. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yeah, the Jared Leto Joker is a movie critic. Exactly. Actually, <laughs> He's a psychotic movie critic that watches films and then kills the directors of those films. Oh, my God. You're, you're writing the movie, John. <laughs> Listen, we, me and Jose just said last episode that me, me and him are ready to start producing great, excellent pieces of DC content because they don't know what they're doing. And all we ask is if we can create like five blockbusters, they let us do our version of Black Superman and just tank the entire industry. <laughs> Like, it's going to be bad, but we're going to give you five blockbusters trying to give us a carte blanche to do one really bad one. And I, I think I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think that's blockbusters. Let's get up to the second nugget here. All right. Potential blockbuster. Eric, this dropped last week, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it. All right. And that was the trailer for The Eternals. Oh, yeah. Later oh, this yeah. year, of course, Marvel, of which John is obviously very familiar with. We'll get into that later. So thoughts on it, uh, Eric? It dropped. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was really fun uh, because they stayed away from the action. I love the fact that they really were trying to go for like tone, and and uh, and like uh, almost like a uh the 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 mythicism, like uh you know like the 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 fact that they have their own legacy that they're uh, sharing with us and then moving it forward. I, I liked all that. I liked the fact that I love the fact that the costumes were very Jack Kirby. Uh, I thought that was great. Um, like, you know, if you saw Thor Ragnarok, a lot of, like, the background designs was very Kirby-esque, and they stuck with those costumes as well. I thought those were a lot of fun. Any movie that has Sam Hayek and Angelina Jolie, I am all in on from top to bottom on. <laughs> it's not even... Yeah, so I'm, I, I, I'm excited about this. Um, and I even liked the fact that, uh, that there, I, I, I've been left with more questions than answers but as a as a eternals comic book fan i kind of know what's coming up so i'm 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 trying to see what parts of their own comic book mythology are they going to cherry pick to make this work kind of like guardians of the galaxy they cherry pick a lot of different parts to make it work i want to see what they're going to do with that but um i became more excited about watching like i i think i said eternals is one of those movies where uh i'm actually excited to see because uh they have such an uphill battle of like having to establish themselves that because they're they are like the guardians of the galaxy of this next wave where a lot of people don't know about them but when you get to know them they're actually a really fun idea and seeing how they are they going to be used to just tell a marvel story within the universe they have so far is it going to be used to bring in the x-men and mute marvel mutations uh what's it going to mean what's it going to connect to thanos because he's an eternal as well but people don't know that unless you're a mm -hmm. comic book fan so uh, there's a lot of like are they are they what if are they are they and so i have a lot of questions and but they're good questions and i was very happy about what they did i i was a little bit happier just seeing oscar isaac's eyes when he says we are moon knight officially announcing he is moon knight but this was a i, I listen i know you hate him because uh he doesn't he doesn't hispanic represent as hard as you wish he would I get that. I'm. Ha yeah, I happen to be a fan. Listen, I, I, I just, ha I'm just happy Hispanics are becoming Marvel and Star Wars characters. So I'll take every little bit that I can as get. As I get one in there. We'll, we'll talk about. Let, Pedro Pascal and and uh, Rosario Dawson. We're getting in there. We're we're slowly infiltrating. Uh, even uh even a uh, Sam Hick. We're all getting in there. There's a little little bits here, a little bit there. I'm excited about this. I'll take. And plus, I'm a, I'm a Moon Knight fan, so I got I got I got to take this. 
this for, for, for everything. I mean, granted, is it? do you have to be very careful about supporting a superhero that dresses all in white? Absolutely. There's a lot of weird connotations when you get somebody dressed all in white beating up a minorities. I get it. So you got to take out a grain of salt. That being said, I'm excited about it. And I really enjoyed the the Eternals trailer because I, 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 I feel like everything that I was worried about has been uh, secured and going, hey, right, we got this. Now I have just more pleasant questions and concerns. Uh, so that, that's my two cents. How about you, John? What do you think about this trailer? Well, first of all, I'd like to say, as far as representation goes, still no Jews in the Marvel Universe, but I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, anyway. First of all, I'll let you know this. Uh, uh, Moon Knight is supposed to be Jewish. So even though Oscar Isaac is a main guy, he is Jewish. Yeah, he is Jewish. Yeah, let's you know. Pretty young. Wow. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay, so they went Sephardic, not Ashkenazi. Got it. Oscar Isaac is not Jewish, though, Tim. He is an actor. He is an actor. He is portrayed. He's, he's he, nomad. That's what he he's is. Also, he's, he's also, he's also, Jose, just let's show. he's also not a rebel soldier or a superhero. He is an actor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 to, to sort of piggyback on, on what you said, I thought the way they, they did that trailer, because I don't think the Eternals is as well known, you know, even people who are not comic book fans know who Spider-Man is, or right? Thor is, right. You know. So, so I think by not showing the action, it set up this air of mystery for people to go, well, wait a minute, what's this about? Exactly. The, I might be, you know, as opposed to just be like, oh, it's another action. It's another superhero thing. They're beating people up. Or, you know what I mean? Right. That type of thing. I think it's going to be like, oh, wait a minute. This this might be something different. Or this might be, you know, I'm, I'm going to check this out just to see what it's about. Uh, so I think that was really smart. I thought, obviously, it was, you know, it's got a, a superstar cast. Sure. And it, it just, it looks really interesting. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, I was not a big, I was not an Eternals comic book fan. So I don't really know the entire story of it. Um, so I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to, to seeing it and, and, and uh, seeing how it goes. You know, the way they made it feel with the, like the, the legacy and the mythology of who they are and what they've meant to this planet. It almost felt like they're doing a magical version or a more magical version of like a Highlander movie. Because if you remember the first Highlander mm. movie, you just get to feel like, oh, this guy's been around for a long time, but what has he been doing? And what does this mean? And why is he have right, to survive? Right, right. And so them playing that, it made me feel like, oh, it almost feels like these are the secret Highlanders of the Marvel Universe. So I kind of felt they yeah. were they were smart about kind of soft playing it with that first trailer. And how about you, Jose? What'd you think? I like that a lot, man. I like the tone. I mean, I, you're right. They didn't show a whole lot. Well, that's fine. It's a first trailer. They're not supposed to give us everything. Right. Not that we want to say everything because we complain when they do, right? Right. Um, but it was, that was a really good trailer, man. I liked it a lot. I liked the tone. Loved the look. The director who just came off winning the Oscar. Yeah. Um, so for No Man's Land. Carrying a lot of buzz, yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a good thing. Bringing talent <laughs> never hurts. No. Particularly for Marvel. So I'm looking forward. To, like I said, this is one of my the top three Marvel movies I was most looking forward to. Because I didn't know much about it. Right. Right. And I think this is going to springboard to something bigger than what we have right now currently as far as the MCU is concerned. Um, but yeah, man, I'm looking forward to seeing what else. Thing. And the, only, the only question I have is like, I know they mentioned in the trailer about how uh, they don't interfere, whatever the case is, they kind of just in the background, but and something obviously brought them out. Right. Now, what event could bring them out that's bigger there's, than Thanos? Than Thanos there's there's like, there's like six different ways they've done that in the comics. So they've brought, quote unquote, brought them out six different ways. So, and I don't want to like go too much into spoilers, but they've done everything from like wiping out their memories to like, uh, spiritual reincarnations to uh, just straight up thinking they've got a handle on this so they just went their separate ways until a celestial came in and said where the fuck are you guys like oh sorry boss so they've done every version of that so I don't know what their 
take is going to be on. So, but I, but each one carries its own weight and heft and like, significance to the, the the legacy of the Marvel universe as a whole. So there's a lot of different ways. So and each one is fun. So I'm I'm actually very interested in which one they're going to choose because once they you know the reason why they've come back or they've come online it kind of sets the tone for what that means to the universe they're creating. So it's actually kind of fun because I don't know which one they're going for. But once it once we figure it out, you'll understand the context of why it's important. So, yeah. It's also nice to see Rob Stark and Jon Snow eat again. You know, oh, yeah. There, so good for that. <laughs> I, I'm um, you know, for that. Make up for that last season debacle. Okay, <laughs> my opinion, of course. Um, last nugget here we got, and it comes from the world of Sony. Nice. Of course, there were oh, several things that happened with Sony. The first one, was of course when they officially announced Aaron Taylor Johnson to be um, Craven the Hunter. Right. Next, he's yep. getting a solo flick as part of the Sony universe, along with Venom and obviously Mor uh, Morbius, etc. And also, the president came out talking today. He had some interesting, well, not today, yesterday, I believe, uh, interesting words about the future of their. He called it their Marvel uh, universe, if you will. He didn't want to ref reference as Spider as a Spider Verse. Right. Um, you know, they got nine hundred characters, etc., etc., etc. He said a lot, a lot, I'm paraphrasing, a lot of things will be set up in the next Venom. Okay. And, and no way, and even no way home. He said more will be revealed. That was his quote. Hmm. Of that. So that's very interesting. A potential crossover. Who knows? Craven, I did, I did hear, was supposed to be part of the plans of No Way Home. But they had trouble casting him. So I'm not sure if that's going to come through or not. Even with Aaron Taylor Johnson, I'm not sure if he's going to film anything. I heard that the reason they went with. Uh... Uh, what's his name for uh, the WandaVision show is because Aaron Taylor Johnson was already committed and taping No Way Home at the time. That's kind it's, of it's a possible. rumor that I heard. It's, so. it's possible. I know he, you know, they saw the dailies from uh, he was doing a movie with Brad Pitt. The name escapes me. The movie Bullet Train. Movie. Bullet Train. Thank you. There you go. And they like what they saw. And they right. Got him on board. Um, whatever the case is, obviously the time when he was hired is obviously not set. You know, it hasn't been disclosed. So we don't know. Um, but obviously, you know, the contracts up with Marvel and Sony, as far as the last movie that they had in contract, was No Way Home. Right. I'm going to assume, based on this, this president's comments, that they're going to re-up. It makes sense if they re-sign again, everybody wins in that scenario. I'll be, I'll be shocked if they go the separate ways. I don't know. I think, I think that yeah. they, I think they're kind of like uh, Sony wants to take sort of the heat they got and uh, the, the flush of cash they got by selling their, their shows to Netflix and Disney+. Plus. They're going to take that money and run and try to see how far they can go without Marvel. And obviously, it's not going to be that far. But Perhaps. Uh, I mean, he made reference to Kevin Feige working well together. They're very good friends. So, I mean, who knows, right? We, I, I'm sure when they get something soon, the trailer may even drop tomorrow for No Way Home, from what I hear. That'd be dope. Because um, it's Tom Holland's birthday, and that's, that's, that's the word. It's a rumor. It may, not, it may not be accurate, but either way. So you hear all this, Eric. So your thoughts? On, I mean, the, I mean, do you want to see? Obviously, the Sinister Six is coming. Yeah, Th that's that's clear. He he kind of alluded to it. Didn't come on me saying anything, but I think that's I think the majority of these villains are going to be in No Way Home. Yes, from what I hear, including uh, Green Goblin, of course the the Wooden Defoe version. We know Doc Ock's going to be in it. Right. Molina had his interview. Jimmy Fox, Fox is going to be in his Electro. Jimmy Fox. Yeah. Exactly. So it seems like that's the direction they're going to head towards. Either way, I mean, would you rather it see stay with this kind of Marvel split? Just just only take it off from here. So, I'll, thanks, I'll, thanks, Marvel. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you what. I I am I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence when it comes to an actor who's been on one Marvel property to go with like a tangential Marvel property instead of like a, like if like, I've heard rumors like read articles about like how Chris Pratt wants to be in the DC universe. That's cool, completely different universe. Doesn't matter. And Marvel's done this thing where they've had like different roles played by the same actor. 
like I believe the actress who's playing uh, Shang Chi's sister was actually the Kree, one of the Kree soldiers from uh, from Mar uh, Captain Marvel. So they've done stuff like that before. It's not like the, you know, sort of like a, a end an end all be all. But um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, is, you know, he's a pretty a recognizable actor. He's got he's got a, he's got a good uh, like fan base, and he's you know he's got a good uh, you know catalog of movies. So for him to do uh, for him to do uh, Craven, I thought was a little bit of like a, oh okay, um, you know I guess that that's uh, he must have knocked it out of the park for them too because I've heard they were hitting people up like Brad Pitt and Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves so is one, yeah. to get him, but there must have been like listen, he brings all what we like from these guys on the table, and it's probably way more affordable than getting Keanu Reeves and Brad Pitt. So why not bring this guy in? I would have liked to see a, a different actor, but you know all things considered, you know. It's, it is their own little corner of the Marvel Universe. They get to do it. And honestly, I feel like Sony right now is sort of like the kid who is going to get to go off to college with his parents paying for everything. Uh, you wish he would do the right thing, but you know he's going to blow off the first two season, uh, semesters. He's going to get into a lot of drugs, have way too much unprotected sex, maybe pick up an STD. Probably wants to go, so go away with a shot, blow a lot of the money, and his parents are going to come down and go, what are you doing? We didn't send you to college to be an asshole. And then he's going to turn his life around and then graduate with like a B minus if you apply is really hard. And I feel like that's what Sony's going to do right now. They, they're coming off the heat from Spider-Man Far From Home. They're getting No Way Home, so they're going to make a bunch of money off of that. And they got all the money from, you know, selling from the streaming services. And they're going to try to make their own Marvel Universe. And it's going to tank. And they're going to eat a big dick. And they're going to come back to Marvel going, I think we should renegotiate our contract now. And that's do, what's going to happen. Do you really that, that, that college analogy was oddly specific. Uh, just listen, you get off my back, John. Sometimes people <laughs> have to live a life, okay? I mean, they that need was to like very detailed as far as like... Wasn't it? They need to experience things and I'm clean. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. <laughs> John, well, you, well, do you agree, Eric? Do you think this, if Sony takes Spider-Man back, do you think they'll just fuck this up? I hope they don't, honestly. that's, that's well, I'm going to start by saying that. <laughs> that that's what I'm going to start by saying. The second part of what I'm going to say is never underestimate the power of greed. And it's a numbers game. So they're going to look at it and they go, well, this is how much money we make in this contract. This is If we've got these properties, but if we make our own movies, we're going to spend this amount of money to make our own movie. And it's, you know, we can, we can promote it and we're going to get all the profits from it. And it's going to be this number. So it's never about what's really good for the story or good for the, the, the universe or it's, it's not, it's not about that. It's a product. So they're going to make that calculation based on, it's going to be a money decision. And hopefully they look at it and go, if we're partnered with the, the, you know, Disney Marvel universe, it's better for us in the long run financially. And it stays together. Cause I think that would be the best thing for the fans. Right. Um, but I don't know if they're going to make that, that decision based on that. Yeah. You're right about the money. Cause I think one of the issues, I think when they, the contract came around the second time was those, those rumblings about Marvel one, a bigger piece of one of the pieces of the pie, of the other characters, would it be Venom, Morbius, whatever. And so I right. want to give that up. Well, yeah, they went from like a five percent return on investment to a twenty-five percent. So they got they 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 doubled up pretty hard. Right, of course. But I just it, I get it, right? Everybody wins here. I mean, listen, I I'm indifferent. You're right. I just want it to be good. I mean, let's let's be real. Sony, it's not like Sony has crap the bet on Spider-Man. They have sometimes, but they gave us probably the best two Spider-Mans. Spider-Man one and two are pretty solid. Yeah, Spider-Man two is great, and and forget Inter Spider-Verse. In a spot, you're right. Yeah. It's a Spider Verse as well. Yeah. So you know, Sony's done well here for itself when it comes to Spider Man. So I, I they don't take it. I, I don't mind either way. I mean, I think 
but Jose, I feel like by you calling this out, you also are going down to this big argument we've had in previous episodes, which is how do we register Star Wars as as a great series when out of the nine movies, they've maybe had four good movies out of out of like the saga from like episode one all the way to Rise of Skywalker. You maybe had four good movies out of the nine counting uh, Rogue One and Solo. But so, Sony has better percentage though. I mean, yeah. There were two out of three in the first one and one out of two of the second time. Well, and, it, and then they got Spider so they have more good than bad by far. So I mean, I'm just saying, listen, I'm, I'm not saying that Marvel shouldn't take it, that there's better, it's better in their hands. Right. But let's not make it seem like Sony is DC here, right? In terms of touché, how they touché. they've done very well and they've, they've hit home runs. Right. Spider Man 2 was a home run. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Of, absolutely. Spider Verse was a home run. Even absolutely. Person, not a huge fan, people loved it. I get it. So those were receiving the first Amazing Spider Man was fine. Right. It was terrible. Right. Yeah, they had two two crap ones, no doubt about it. So again, it's not like it could be worse. Yes. Right? Touche. I mean, so let's see. I mean, I, we're gonna hear something soon. I, I'm gonna make that stuff. But now, Spider-Man Home is a lot more interesting these days because I think that's it's, it's really building up to be a huge, huge film. Yeah, I think so too. Characters. I think it's so, gonna be very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. John, are you looking forward? To, are you a Spider-Man fan? I am. I am. I, I very much so. So and Cra- and actually, Craven the Hunter was one of my favorite characters from Spider-Man. So oh. I'm definitely looking forward. To oh, that, that's so. I'm I'm assuming as a comic book as as a Spider-Man fan, you've read uh, Craven the Last Hunt. Oh, yes. One of my favorite stories. Oh, so good, guys. So, yeah, uh, listen, we're not going to spoil too much because we don't know what's going to happen in the first movie or what the case is. But if you have some time, read uh, Spider-Man Craven: The Last Hunt. It's a, it's on a trade paperback. You can get it. And it's a fantastic run and a great deep dive on what makes Craven so great and crazy all at the same time. But, uh, Jose, is that the end of the nerdy news? And those are the nuggets for this week. Guys, so uh, that has been the news recap. And uh, so now we're going to uh, talk to our guest, uh, John Levine. It is funny that we brought up Marvel at the end because uh, John uh, is... uh, 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 one of the things we're featuring him on is the fact that he is going to be appearing in the Loki series that's coming up on Disney+. Plus. Uh, John, when is the release date for that first episode? June 9th. June, June 9th. 9th. It was uh, initially June 11th, and then they moved it up to June 9th. So, that's on a Wednesday. That's right. Yeah. I, I heard. Yeah. I heard when they saw your dailies, they said, "We got to bump this up. We got to show people." That, you know what's John funny? I, I, I heard the same thing too, and same? then uh, and then Wait. I woke up in a pool of sweat. <laughs> were, were, you, were you offered first the role of Craven the Hunter before the Garrett Johnson? I, I was, and then they were like, you know, you can't, you don't fit too well into the lion's mane, and you look terrible shirtless. So we're gonna uh, fair enough. We're, we're, yeah. John, we're going to be a character that wears a shirt. John had a strict writer. I wear my glasses on everything. And they're like, no. Everything. I'm sorry, and they're like, but the Hunter doesn't have glasses. I don't give a shit. That's on my writer. You can take it or leave it. Like, fuck it, I'm out. Craven the Hunter does not get LASIK surgery. I'm telling you. I'm making a character. You want that in the contract. That's right. <laughs> so, so, John, uh, real quick, it's just, what, what, is your, what character are you playing? What, are, what exactly is your role in Loki? So the official title of my character is Paperwork Clerk. Okay, it's literally the, the, the Paperwork Clerk. Um, and so he doesn't have a name or, you know, there's not, not a specific, uh, um, you know, person, I would say. But um, and, and obviously you've seen the trailer, uh, which was which I'll say was a complete surprise to me that I ended up in the trailer. Uh, oh, and I had yeah. no idea until actually Will Watkins uh, uh South Florida comedian who you guys know, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, posted it on my Facebook timeline. And I was like, where did you get this? And he was like, <laughs> you, the trailer just dropped and you're front and center. 
And I was like, oh my God. So he's like, you're part of the MCU. And I'm like, well, yeah, I knew that, but I couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, I was hoping not. <laughs> right. Somebody uh, stole my face. <laughs> that's right. Um, so yeah, so it's, you know, obviously Loki ends up in this sort of time anomaly because uh, he grabs the Tesseract uh, during the time heist uh, in Endgame and uh, sort of gets captured, you know, captured or is held by the, the TVA. Um, and they're trying to get everything sort of back in line. So uh, there's several things that, that he kind of goes through in a, in a processing standpoint when he first gets there. One of them being that we have a record, we being the TVA, have a record of everything that he's ever said. Um, and Which at, is insane. Like, you know, what it, I, what it's I, insane. When I heard that, I started thinking, oh my God, what if someone kept a record of every nonsensical thing I've said, sober or intoxicated? Like, how would you go through those paperwork? Because it'd be a, just a trail of nonsense. There's not enough right. time in the world for that. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's actually very funny because somebody, I, I, I was looking at a, a Reddit thread about the Loki trailer. Um, and they were talking about that scene, obviously. And somebody had basically calculated, like, how big that stack would be if they actually had everything he ever said based on like how many words fit on a page. And, and I was like, man, people have way too much fucking time. Oh yeah. Time yes. To be like, fair, we just got out of a quarantine, so we've had nothing but time. <laughs> Even at home, there's other stuff you could be doing than counting the words Loki has said. I don't uh, know. Right. Yeah, but those are boring. So that's, I'm the Loki sure, stuff like, sounds a lot okay. more fun. <laughs> So, John, did you get to work with, with Tom Hiddleston? Or was that I sort did. Of... Oh, that's great. No, I, I, I did. Tom, I got to work with Tom, and, and I will say, uh, hands down, he was one of the most amazing people I've ever worked with. Um, okay. He was just just really just genuinely uh, nice and down-to-earth and friendly and funny. And, um, you know, if you didn't know who he was, uh, you would just think he's some just regular dude off the street, just a really friendly oh, guy, you know? Yeah. Which was awesome. I mean, he did, I'll tell you just a real quick story, but, mm-hmm. um, we, we had shot the scene and, and it was shot as two singles, meaning the camera was first over my shoulder shooting him. And then they reversed everything and put the camera over his shoulder sure. and shot me. So, so they did his, his shot first in the morning and we went through it and him and I were ad libbing and, and he was making some stuff up and I started making some stuff up and the director was laughing and it was great. Awesome. And then they cut on that and they were like, okay, John, just hang out. We got to do another thing and blah, 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 blah. So they, they're doing that. It's getting into the afternoon. It's getting a little bit late. And they come up to me, the director and the first AD, and they say, listen, John, um, we're, we're kind of running out of time. Tom has to do another big scene after yours and he's got a wardrobe change and a makeup change. Um, would it be okay if you worked with the stand-in to do your single? And I was like, yeah, like, of course, you know, sure, like, what am I going to say? You know what I mean? I'm right. jumping. Right <laughs> no, now. I'm out here. <laughs> Actually, they were like, I, I said to them, I said, what, what, what would you have done if I said no? And they're like, well, we would have drugged you and made you do it anyway. I said, no. I was like, well, can, I, can I get the drugs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they were laughing. I was laughing. They were like, oh, thanks for being so flexible. Yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. I go back to reading whatever I'm reading on my phone. Two minutes later, Tom comes walking by my chair and he goes, hey, man, I just heard that I'm not working with you for your, for your shot. And I said, yeah, I said, it's totally cool. I know you got a big you know change to do and it's, it's really not a big deal. And I totally expect him to be like, I wish I could, but we're running out of time or it was great working with you. Something like right. that. He goes, no, that's not right. You were there for me. I got to be there for you. I'm fighting this. And he runs back to the director and wow. he starts like, ta- right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? You know what I mean? like, well, and, and then he comes running, he comes running by, he goes, I'll be back in 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. 
20 minutes later, they're like, John, we need you in first position. They put me in first position. He comes running up. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Now he's in different wardrobe. He's, you know, a different makeup. Sure. He can't shoot over his shoulder because he's, it's, it would look different. Right. So they, they've got his stuntman who's still in, in the right wardrobe standing in front of me at the desk. Right. And then he's behind the stuntman doing the lines and working. Oh, that's great. For the scene. Cool. Uh, I mean, how amazing cool. is that? That's I mean, cool. we're talking, we're talking about Loki. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, we, we did the scene, and again, he starts ad lib, and I start ad lib, and we're adding stuff that wasn't in the scene, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so we, we we cut on it, and I said to him, I said, "Look, man, I said that was that was really awesome. Like, thank you." And he just looks at me, he goes, "Hey, man, you know, we got to stick together, thick as thieves." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, because we're just two actors working, just me and you, buddy." Yeah, I was, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Did we just become best friends?" <laughs> You get a selfie with him after that. You know, I mean, you got to. I'm sure you 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 got a picture of him. You did it, right? You got a picture? I didn't actually. I didn't. Yeah. No, Good. I, yes. I, I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm typically not. You know, I try to. You know, I'm there working. You know I'm saying? there working. I'm right. working. So I, I try to keep it. Uh, I, but I've had scenarios where Fair like enough. sometimes the star like, hey, you guys want to take a picture? I'm, okay, sure. You oh know, yeah, that's the case. Yeah. So, um, but, I, but actually. Um, to work with anybody else like Owen Wilson, who I love Owen Wilson. Did he get I, you know what? I didn't. I didn't work with Owen Wilson, but I I was next to his hair when I was in, uh, in, in hair and makeup. I was sitting next. I was sitting next to his hair, which was sitting up on a little did, on a little. Bump. Did you just take a sniff? You sniffed it, didn't you? <laughs> and when you when, when you smelled it, you go, "Wow!" Wow, I like his style. It's good. It's real nice. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so John, how did you? How did uh, you? I, I know you from stand up. So, how did you go transition from stand up to 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 acting? Uh, so it was when I was in South Florida. Still, I, I'm in Atlanta now. For for those listening, but uh, when I was in South Florida, still uh, there was another stand up comedian. Who, I don't know if you remember Connor Kane. He was down there just for a little while. Yeah, but, yeah, I remember uh, Connor. Yeah. Yeah, so Connor uh, had an agent down there and was doing some TV commercials, and I and I did him a favor uh, for something, and he's like, "I owe you one." I said, "Actually, this is how you're going to repay me." I said, "You're going to take me out to lunch." I said, "And you're going to tell me exactly what I need to do to get an agent." You know, nice. he's like, oh, "Okay." So we went out to lunch, and he's like, "Here's the four steps that you need to do," and there's literally four steps, and I. I did them, you know, to just follow the instructions basically. Right. And I ended up getting, getting an agent. I, got, I actually got two down there. Nice. Um, and I started going out on some auditions and booked a few commercials down there. And in like 20, I guess early 2016, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, like if I'm really going to commit myself and this is what I want to do, which it was, I said, I'm going to, I got to go to where it's, where it's happening. Yeah. And, and that place was Atlanta. So I, I said, okay. So I, so, sold my house and moved. I got. I got to ask you. Would do you want to to share with the audience what your four what the four moves are? Is that sort of like an industry secret? You got to keep that on the device. No, I listen. I, I share with people all the time. It's really it's 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 kind of it's kind of simple. And and just to be now to be fair, this was uh, several years ago. And sure, so it's pretty much the same. But um, I mean, really, the first step if you're if you're somebody who wants to to get into acting. Um, and I'll add something in there, but I would say I would say if you if you're unsure, if you think you might want to get into it, take a class first. Go take a scene study class, do a couple scenes, get up in front of the class, do some some work, see if you like it. I say, you know, if you don't, then you've got your answer. If you do like it, then then kind of continue on. But um, really, the first the first step is headshots. No no agent is going to take you seriously at all without professional right. headshots. Right. Um, that's that's literally the first thing in the door. Um, and then you have to then take those headshots and then submit them to the talent agents wherever you're located, whether it be South Florida or Atlanta. And and like in South Florida, they let you submit online, um, which makes it a lot easier. Sure. When I got to Atlanta, I came here without an agent. 
uh, they make you send in like physical stuff, like okay. DVDs, because they want to make it hard. Right, like I mean? like, like an old comedy want... club. They would make you have to send your your, your kid over. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so then you got to send out all your stuff uh, to to agencies, and then you have to wait two weeks. That's step three. You wait two weeks, and nobody's going to call you. Right, nobody. Uh, and then in, when it hits two weeks, step four is then you then call the agencies and you say, hey, I sent in my stuff a couple of weeks ago. I'm just following up, make sure somebody got it. And they're all going to say, no, we didn't get it. But they're going to say, but now send it back, but send it to this person specifically. All right. Because it's like this little test of what they do. Right. To try and, you know, to, to, to weed out people who are just like, oh, I want to be an actor. Because, um, you know. Uh, it's a very like, popular guess, dedicated series about the whole thing. C- correct. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then from there, you just, you know, you kind of hope that, that you get some meetings set from some agents and, and you meet with them and, and hopefully somebody signs you and, uh, you work on your craft and, you know, do auditions and try to get better every day and, you know, keep your fingers crossed. I mean, there's really, it, it, there's, there's no science to this, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of you know, home, it's, it's a craft. It's like anything else. It's right. like, you know, you, you know, stand up comedy very well. You, you know, if you think about the first time you did it versus the, the time, you know, the last time you did it, it's completely oh, night and day and night and day. And, and because you get better at what you're doing, you know, how to tell jokes better, you know, how to write jokes better, you know, how to, you know, and that's the same thing with acting. It's, it's, it's not just saying words that somebody wrote. Um, it's actually the complete opposite of that. And, and when you start to learn those things and those nuances and character building and experience and vulnerability and all that kind of stuff, and, and it never ends. It's, it's a constant, constant, you know, work. I so, will, I will ask you this. I, I got to ask you this. This is not your sure. first series. So you, you've had some other series success as well, correct? Yeah. So I was on Cobra Kai, um, which, which that was one of the, one of the first things that was probably the first big nice. thing that I booked. When I was here in Atlanta, uh, I was on Cobra Kai. Actually, was on. This is actually it's technically it's my second stint in the Marvel universe because I was also on the show The Gifted. Which oh, was were on you Fox. really? Oh, cool. Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay. I had a. I was on an, an episode of season two in The Gifted. So, but because that that really wasn't canon, right? It wasn't canon. I very, you know, so it didn't really conflict or anything like that. But, uh, but yeah. So that's awesome, man. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I I know we're we're gonna be getting closer to wrapping up soon. So I I did want actually, to actually I, uh, I I will say so I did I did actually got a little text message that um um my time constraint has has gone away. So oh, we, wonderful. We, we, nice. Yeah, so we can go a little bit longer if we want to. Kick ass. All right, so yeah. so I I wanted to ask you this one here. Um, since you're you've you've been acting and you you got into this kind of series, um, I I feel like most of the stuff you've done has been uh comedy adjacent because the series you're in isn't necessarily a comedy but you do bring a lot of you know your a lot of your stand-up comedy chops to your roles you're you're usually the sort of like the uh the the funny uh uh i i i, I don't want to say a uh, funny office guy but usually it's like you're the embodiment of 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 the government process and yeah. and you're yeah, oh, yeah. and you and you you're just interjecting on like the character's adventure to bring uh red tape to everything yeah, it's it's I, I end up um, I find it interesting. Like I play a straight man a lot. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm a straight man in the in the comedy skit in the comedy part of it. Right. Um. And and, and that's what makes it funny, obviously. And and um, I I have you know there's a kind of I, I'm sure it's a saying in a lot of things, but it's get in where you fit in. 
Absolutely. Um, so it's like I do get cast in a lot of these roles of like the you know the, the I call it the office drone or the you know the government worker you know that the kind bureaucrat. Of thing, which, it's a bureaucratic. The bureaucrat. Yeah, that's what it is, right? And, and and because it's everybody knows that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody's dealt with that person. Every you know at at some point, and it's just your your everyday person. They're not too good looking. They're not too ugly. They're not too outgoing. They're not outgo- you know they're not too shy. There's just sort of this middle ground of a you know just enough. To, to, to make a bit of an impression. I will say, um, seeing what you've done in Cobra Kai, and even from just a little bit of the trailer from Loki, uh, to me, and I, you know, I, I, I truly mean this as a compliment, uh, I feel like your comedic timing on these bureaucratic straight man roles, it's up there with like Legene Levy in Schitt's Creek, where he's, oh, thank you. he's very much not the comedy dude, but be, it's, his, it's his awkward obsession with business and trying to make it trying to make something work and along the lines of what he believes structure is and failing miserably is what your characters always feel like to me you're doing you're 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 just putting the 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 necessary legal uh uh wedge and every hero's important personal <laughs> adventure <laughs> right <laughs> Right. It's like, it's like, no matter, you know, you can be traveling through time and there's still some agency that's putting some bullshit in your exactly life. Exactly. Like, mean, that's that's you, literally what, you know, if you think about Loki, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Like, have you signed this in triplicate? No, you're going to need to sign that in triplicate. And we're going to need to right. notarize. <laughs> right. Right. And we're talking about some, you know, m- mystical agency that manages all of time. And they still have like these, you know, crappy office, you know, rituals that they have to go through. Um, but you're right. And, and the, I'll tell you the, uh, the having done stand-up comedy um, has given me such an advantage when it comes to acting, not only from a comedic timing standpoint, because as you know very well, it's all timing. Right? Oh yeah, it's, absolutely. You know, the, the difference between something being funny and not funny is timing. And um, having that skill and knowing what that is uh, really has given me such an advantage. And I, I also learned very quickly, and I actually learned this, uh, at, I first learned this when I was at an audition in South Florida, um, and it was just, it was for a, a TV commercial and the director was there and he was like, just kind of ad lib something like there's, I'm not giving you any lines, just ad lib. And all of the people who were, you know, quote unquote actors there, like froze, like they didn't know what to say. Right. They were just, they were just like, what do you mean? You're not telling me what to like, what, what, what do you want me to say? Like, what should I say? So, and I just hopped up there and I just started going, you know, I started riffing on something and it was funny. And I was just like, okay, you know, and they were loving it. And, and, but it, it really dawned on me that like, Okay, this is a skill that that not a lot of people in this industry have. Yeah. Um, so I really try to, um, I try to any any audition that I get, uh, I really try to look for the funny in it because there's always funny in any situation in life. Oh, you know, whether it's I mean, you could be at a funeral and there's and there's funny in it somewhere, and you know, people use humor to cover awkward emotion right or to cover or to cover pain sure um so even in in scenes and auditions that i'm doing where there's pain or it's emotional like i still try to find the funny in it because that's what people use as a coping mechanism absolutely and you're right about that because as stand-up comics you don't have to like go like like to tend to be funny, you can just that's perfect little like turn of phrase said in just the right way can break a whole room because you know how to how to put emphasis on yep you know that 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 little turn of phrase. I did a I did a a pilot one time where we were supposed to react to a guy coming into a bar, and uh, it was me and another bartender, and the bartender says something, and I was just supposed to get a look, and they said okay you guys you know just kind of throw out lines, 
and we were trying to draw, uh, draw lines. They said, okay, Eric, you, you just do a line after he says a line. You did a line. It will, it will, that'll be the button line. And so the guy comes in, and we look over, and we go, ugh, it's an idiot. And the entire crew starts laughing. He goes, do that again. We're going to do that line. We're going to keep it in. And that ended right. up being in the pilot. So it's what they were, sometimes it's just a simple, like, ugh, it's an idiot. And that pops off so much that it becomes a thing. So you're right. It's just that knowing the understanding the scene understanding the context of what your character can bring to the table yeah and just bringing your personal funny there and making it work for that little thing it doesn't have to be like you're not jerry lewis you don't have to do it that big but that's that's correct and, and you know even even in loki and and i don't know if this is gonna be in or like i obviously i haven't seen it so i don't know what you know listen it, it could only be what's in the trailer i sure. have no idea you know we, sh we shot a bunch of stuff but who knows how, what's gonna make it but like so we like i said we were you know tom tom started doing some ad-libbing i started doing some ad-libbing and then towards the end of the scene, and I don't know what, why I just thought it would be funny, is I started using some of the props that were on the table, uh -huh. on the desk in front of me. Right. And, uh, and the, the, the director, I heard her call out, she's like, I love that! Do that again! <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, you know, so I, you know it's like, you just... Because you think it's funny. I mean, you know, just and it, and it works sometimes. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But but um, just having that that kind of bullet in your gun is a huge. Is That's a huge awesome, win. you know, dude. Yeah. I, I I'm so proud of you because I remember meeting in South Florida, and you know, in South Florida, uh, uh, I would say stand up in South Florida. It's like watching a, a bunch of blind samurais taking swings. Like they got <laughs> they have these beautiful blades, but no one knows what the hell they're doing. It's just like Did I hit something. I think I hit something, and to, to see you come from there to what you're doing now and only so much going forward that I'm, I'm i'm really proud of you from like one dude to another I, i'm i'm glad I'm, I'm really glad seeing where you're going and i'm excited to see about what you're going to do next thanks i i really appreciate that and and i i definitely credit a lot of uh of what i'm doing now to that time i spent in south florida you know just just you know listen i i I became a stand-up comedian in South Florida, you yeah. know, and, and, and I'd never done it before I was 40 years old. And, and that's really what got me going. And, and that experience and meeting all those people and, you know, talking to everybody and, and being in that, in that community, uh, it really pushed me forward and, uh, and led to where I am now. So I'm, I'm John, very thankful please, that. please stop complimenting me. It's, this is all you, this is your <laughs> moment. You don't, you don't have to give me, I like, I get well, it. No, I get it, but no, I but appreciate listen, it. But <laughs> Listen, I mean, it's because if you think about it, like, it, you know, the, the South Florida, I don't know what it is like now because I was, haven't been in it in, in five years plus. Sure. But, but, you know, back then it was it was very welcoming. I mean, you know, everybody that was there when I first started doing it just, you know, was very friendly and very, you know, you could ask questions, you could get answers, you could people were supportive. And if it hadn't been that way. I wouldn't have, you know, most likely would not have stuck with it. I wouldn't be doing this. There you go. You know, so, so it, it's, you know, things kind of, kind of work out, you know, the way they should. And, and I, I really do credit a lot of, uh, a lot of where I am now is because of, of my time spent down there doing what I was doing. You, you see that, Jose? I told you, eventually someone's going to thank the South Florida comedy scene. And now John <laughs> Levine is that eventually. I didn't know when it was going to happen. I'm sure given enough time. has grown <laughs> <laughs> so, John, uh, is there is there anything uh, I want to ask you? To, uh, just a few more questions here. Uh, sure, first sure. off, um, can you tell us uh, in terms of the Loki show? Um, are you a done in one, or do you feel, or you can maybe infer that you're going to have more than one appearance? 
No, I can tell you flat out. I'm going to be in two episodes. I'm awesome. That's yeah. So I'm I am going to I'm a recurring a recurring character. Um, again, you know you don't you never know what they're going to use or how they're going to use it. But sure, sure. Uh, I am I am credited with being in two episodes. So I, I'm guessing. And you can, as an actor, you can say, okay, based on what I did, how important is what I did to the storyline? And and know all right, they got to keep at least some of it. You know, right. Um. So so I I can I can pretty confidently say that I'll, I'll, I'll certainly be in two episodes. Um, but you know, you also never know that they might say, okay, well we did shoot this one thing and we originally had it for this episode, but now if we cut it in half, you can split it we for put it here, right. you know, you, 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 you might show up in other places. So, so you, you never know. Are you, is this your way of telling us that you are Mephisto? Is this the way you're going to bring it out? We have a very subtly. I'm Mephisto with it, but I spell it with an F. Though. Oh, son of a right, bitch. Right, exactly, yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. I'm, I'm the poor man's Mephisto. That's what I am right there. So, uh, so that, that's really exciting. And are you working on any other projects that you can kind of give us a little hint on? Like whether it's Cobra Kai, the new season of Cobra Kai or anything like that? Because I know you, you came back for, I think you did more than one appearance of Cobra Kai as well, right? Nope, just one. Just, just one? one? Okay, I'm sorry. I thought yeah, you I said that. Yeah, no, it's okay. You had the scene with Johnny. Uh, I think, right. Yeah. I, I did, yes. With, yeah, with uh, Billy Zabka. Um, uh, so right now, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's, you know, COVID shut us down big time. Yes. Um, and, and I was originally actually, I, I booked Loki back in February of 2020. That's when oh, I booked wow. that actual role. And I was supposed to shoot it in March of 2020. And then, uh, like March 30th, and of course, middle of March, everything started shutting down. Right. And they were like, "Oh, okay, we're going to figure out, you know, just to, you know, you're in a holding pattern, you're in a holding pattern." And then finally, they're like, ah, "Everything's done." So it got pushed. I didn't shoot that until November of last year. Wow. So, okay. Right. So basically, everything got, you know, so all of these productions. You know, they're, they're now deciding, okay, are we going to move forward with these productions that got put on hold? Or are we going to try and compress everything? Do it? So there's been, you know, there was like a, a bunch of weeks when I'm auditioning like crazy. And then there's a bunch of weeks when I'm not doing anything. Um, I have had some stuff for Stranger Things uh, in the last, the, the new season of Stranger Things. Nice. Uh, and, and I've had my agent, my agent's been called about my availability. So that's always good awesome. uh, with that. Um, there's a new project um, that's, that's going to be on Hulu with Michael Keaton about the uh, opioid crisis. Um, and I've auditioned for, uh, I think three roles in that. And again, uh, have my agents been called about my availability for that. So, nice. you know, you never know, unfortunately with this, with this work, it's like, you know, you do your auditions, you send them in, maybe you get a call back, um, or, or, you know, your agent will get called and be like, Hey, is John still available for these days? Doesn't mean you got it, but they're, they're inquiring. You sure. Know. And, um, and so, is it, I'm sure when they call for availability, they go, oh, and by the way, he's been vaccinated, right? Like, we don't have to keep six feet apart from each other to record this. It's, you know, they, do, they don't ask, they, uh -huh. but, but, um, they, they don't ask, but they ask. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, so it, it's everything that I've been submitting, uh, audition wise since I got vaccinated, I've put in the notes of the submission fully vaccinated as of. You know, March twenty. Smart play, smart uh, play. Absolutely, yeah. that's a good yeah. way to do it. It's, it's, it's either, okay, go ahead. I was gonna say it's either that or when you when you send them an email, you put a giant like winking emoji. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you something. So, so back when I shot Loki back in November, obviously there was no vaccine back. Sure. Then. Uh, I had to take five COVID tests just to get on set. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, and and uh, they have their own 
testing sites, multiple testing sites, drive through like the, you know, the big ones you see on like on TV. They yeah. had their own versions of those because the entire cast and crew were getting tested three days a week. I mean, that makes sense if you're going to be, if you're doing oh, it yeah. pre-vaccine, right. yeah, you got to double. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it was, you know, before my fitting, two days before my fitting, then, then the, the week of that I was shooting, it was like two days before, you know, on Monday and then on Wednesday and then on Friday, I had to take a, a test, you know, that morning, a rapid test. And I mean, it was, it was crazy. So, now, the good so, thing is, yeah. I was going to say the good thing is that the the union negotiated with the production, you know, with all these uh, Hollywood studios that uh, actors get paid two hundred and fifty dollars per test. Nice. So I was like, yeah, keep shoving that thing up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I was about to ask you, was it mouth right. or nose? But now I know it's, it's all nose. No, it's yeah. it's it's nose. Now listen, that I put two hundred fifty dollars up my nose before, but it usually keeps me up for like fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you've never thanked a coke habit before. <laughs> They're like, thank goodness. Yeah, right, right. No, like, yeah, keep shoving it in there. You know, use, use two Q-tips. Two Q-tips. Come on, do it like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> but Jose, you had a question. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, now, who would be like your dream in terms of an actor and actress that you'd love to have a scene with? Oh, God. Wow, that's a good question. Um, who would I love to work with? Um, I mean, I could go somebody like a Daniel Day Lewis, who I just find to be a, just a fascinating actor. You know, I would, I, you know who I would say, honestly? Willem Dafoe. I would oh, love to be great. Yeah, yeah, the most great. I, I, I think he's amazing, and, and I would, I would love to, to work with him. Um, and you could add your chances, uh, you know, Craven the Hunter. If your ego got out of the way, yeah, you would have had right, your opportunity. That's right. You had your dream. <laughs> My agent was begging me, just take off the glasses, please. No means no. <laughs> that's right. I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> but William Defoe is a great actor, though. So he's, I, he's very underrated. I, I do want to ask you this 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 one uh, final question before I wrap up. Then, um, sure. because of your background doing stand up, and because of some of the opportunities you're getting now, would do you feel like you would you would like to stay? Like, what type of genre of acting do you find really interesting for you right now, or eventually what you would like to get to? Do you want to stick in sort of like the dry comedy? Would you get into something more serious? Would you like to go to something more this more straight stand up? Maybe like a horror? Like, what would you like to kind of take an opportunity to go into different types of genre and kind of show your chops? What interests you the most? I honestly, I'd like to do comedy. I, they, they don't they don't shoot a lot of like they don't shoot sitcoms here in Atlanta, um, you know, or or really a lot of. I mean, they do some comedy movies. They did like Coming to America too, and and that kind of stuff was here in Atlanta. But um, I would really like to to get into something that's straight jokes. You know what I mean? Right. And 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 see how I do in that environment because I just haven't had that experience yet. Um, but I also would, I, I as. I always want the, the opportunity to, to challenge myself. So, um, you know, any type of role that's going to kind of push that, that envelope for me, um, I would, I would certainly, certainly welcome. Um, I don't know about horror. I've never really thought about horror, but, um, but certainly more serious dramatic stuff. I think I would love to get into and, and, and comedy. Well, so. well I, I, I could totally see the comedy. And I will say, much like to Jose's uh, beginning of, of this taping, uh, A Quiet Place too. you know, if you can get it to something where you can kind of bring a different sensibility to horror, I feel like uh, sort of like the, the guy who understands the real world but can't under, wrap his brain around the thing that's happening, I feel like right. that you, you would just nail that, that that type of character like right out of the park. So I could totally see you being right. a very right. interesting. And like I said, you you could have those moments and you know you know show that sort of depth that you would normally normally people associate with with a 
with a, with a, a drama, I feel like sometimes horror movies are sort of the unrequited showcasing of what you can do. Like we were talking about uh, Army of the Dead, and I, I will. I one of the things I said that I still stand behind is. Uh, uh, when Batista had those moments of, of like of trying to relate to his daughter and, 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 and her having all that angst against him, he was very stoic in that. But there was a lot of depth to his stoicism. There was a lot of layers to why he was trying to be quiet and guarded while still trying to reach out to her that I felt was very much on par with the same kind of performances that you associate with like a Denzel Washington man on fire. Where it's so, so like a really the guy who's who is comfortable in violence, but 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 uncomfortable with with human emotion and so when he does that sure. that's the most struggle they have is trying to relate to a person or or accepting that they failed somebody on a human level so they have to resort to the thing they're they're best at which is their worst impulse and bring that out there and i feel like horror movies get to do that as well and you sort of lay, lay the groundwork for what you can do in the future and i feel like a lot of people don't give horror movies that kind of credit for it, but it is a good showcase you know if you if you get the right moment to do it I'll call my agent. I'll See, let her know. There you give, go. Me some, give me some heart. Yeah, listen. Oh, yeah. I put oh, put this podcast. It goes. To listen to what Eric just said in like in around hour a minute sixty six. He really nails it down on what it, what, what I'm trying to go it, for as an actor. Well, it's it's actually funny because I bought. Do we get to compare Denzel Washington and Dave Batista? It's very rare. It's very rare. It's right, right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I was going to say I, I've auditioned a couple times for a Creep Show, which they uh, which oh, they shoot okay. here. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess that is horror. I mean, it's horror. I guess you could you know yeah, kind of kind of is. Yeah. So it's and and. The, Actually, the last I think the last audition I had for that, uh, they cast uh, Justin Long as the character. So, oh, really? Oh, so uh, you were yeah. you were in contention with Justin Long? That's not a bad contention area to be. I don't know if I was in contention with him, but I had auditioned <laughs> for the same role. <laughs> I don't know if they were like, huh, John Levine, Justin Long, John Levine. Uh, let's you go with Justin were Long. in the you room. That's, that's, that's <laughs> I, I was right. Don't was, sell was, yourself was, short. I'm pretty sure they told Justin Long, like, listen, we can get John Levine. So seriously, <laughs> buck up. Talk about a bargain chip right there on their end. It's like, listen, we can pay you a little less money. And, and and Long was like, you mean juror number three from the American <laughs> crime, uh, you know, of... of uh... No, we're talking corporate office guy from Loki, you dick. <laughs> right. Like, well, are you talking about the all-knowing bartender from season 13 of Swamp Murders? That yes, that's who right? we're talking like, about. That that's dude. That's right, right. So, right. so, so, so shut up, Buttercup. It gets on the, on the bottom line. You are replaceable. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Oh, but uh, but guy, thank John. I would say first of all, thank you so much for for being on the show. We we really appreciate you being here. Uh, if you ever want to come back on, you have an open invitation, especially when you get uh, roles in the in the world of the genre and the nerdy. We'd love to have you on and kind of you can help us spill some tea about what's going on and and your experiences there and that kind of stuff. It would be super awesome, and uh, we would love to have thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Oh on. hell yeah, man! And, and John, what? And, and John, why don't you tell the nice people where they can uh, follow you, uh, look at you, uh, and uh, see where you're going to perform if you're, whenever you choose to do stand-up. But you can work into your busy uh, uh, calendar of, of, of performances. <laughs> sure. Uh, the best way to find it, just go to my website, johnlevine.com. Uh, and that's John with no H, J-O-N-L-E-V-I-N-E.com. And uh, it's got all of my social media and IMDB and contact and all that kind of stuff. Just check it out right there. That is awesome. And Jose, how can the nice people see you once again? Check me out my other podcast, the Real Mentors Podcast, with a huge focus on the what, what to watch on streaming. 
And guys, of course, you can always check me out at ericdesilva.com where you can go see all these episodes that we have available to you for free. And also you could buy my album, Adorably Offensive, uh, which is available on all the forms of like digital Amazon and Apple and uh, Spotify. And also you guys can listen to this podcast not only on my website, but also through Pandora and Spotify. And we're, we got a couple of big things coming up. Uh, some stuff that me and Jose can't even talk about yet about new platforms that we're working on. So it's be really exciting. So please keep following us on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we are uh, Nerdsplaining Pod. And on Instagram, I mean on Twitter, it is Nerdsplaining underscore. And uh, guys, that has been the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Nerdsplaining Podcast. And if you don't know, now you know. Peace. Peace. Peace.